episode 31, back, we're back, the back episode of fourth time around. It's been, I don't know, three months, but anyway, here we are, it is Mike's birthday, we're doing Mike's birthday show. To my left, Michael Mail, all the way from Irving, Texas. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. What, where have you been for three uh, months? It's, it, yeah, we've had a bit of a hiatus, a lot of crazy stuff. I grew up. I turned uh, 30. Yeah. I, I matured. You found true love at last. And I lost found it. true love. I mm. became a man. Yeah. I got someone pregnant. Good. And they're, they're, um, I've just been trying to get out of that relationship right now. Yeah. Um, well, it's very noble of you to be so honest with everybody uh, on the show, so cool. thank you. Uh, to the right, Greg. Gregory Clyde Wolf the second, Infamous. Infamous now because I rarely ever talk to him as well. Greg, how are you? Good, sir. Good, sir. Hey, you been okay? Things good? Yeah, yeah. I'm learning uh, learning about precognition right now on the web. That's always okay. scary. Like my, like Tom Cruise's <laughs> excellent prophetic Exactly, movie. which was precognition in itself. Which actually, yeah, that's, we could go round and round on that. Right. Let's right. not. Let's go versus round. Versus. It's been a while. Did you know that, Mike... That on this day, yes, in 1867, Mount Vesuvius erupted. Really, really. Yeah, did you know that's on your birthday? That's uh, that's from my old homeland. That's right. So for those of you playing the Homer dice game of versus round, what we're going to do is here we're going to throw two opposing sides or forces of nature, creatures from mythology, or awesomely bad movies that we happen to love, at Greg, <laughs> and Greg is going to tell us which one wins. Now, of course, he does get one Pyrrhic victory. Now, Pyrrhic victory is, of course, a battle to the death in which nobody is allowed to be victor. So you ready to play, Greg? Yeah. Yeah. So Pyrrhus, he had a rough, though, anyway. Just just to, just to talk about it. So Mount Vesuvius erupted on, on Michael's birthday in 1867. Mike was there, actually. Um, not, not, he was close enough, though. So here's, here's the verses for you. Mount Vesuvius versus Mothra. Um, what is, wait, what is Mothra? Or does Greg know? What? That's the uh, moth monster that uh, I think initially fought Godzilla, but then they became friends. They became allies, yeah, exactly. As, the, as those movies often turn... Godzilla, like I think Godzilla's a, a really good charmer, because like once he beats the shit out of you as a monster, yeah, then like then you you know he befriends you. So it's it's a uh, that's, that's Japanese though, right? They're like he's very ma- yeah, he's very yeah. It's a, yeah, it's an allegory, I guess, for that. That yeah. What social lessons can we learn from Godzilla's? You know, kind of. You know, that once you terrify Japanese with destruction of whole cities, they, uh, you know, turn <laughs> oh they God. revere you for it. I guess is that the uh, uh, build statues and and yeah. also love and fear you. So okay, well there. You know. you, I mean, so first of all, Mike, uh, I can't believe you don't know who Mothra is. I mean, you're 30 now. Ever, you ever. really should. You really should know these things. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg, what do we got? Mount Vesuvius is erupting versus Mount Mothra. It's, he can flap. He can flap his moth-like wings. You know. Yeah, you know. I, it's interesting you mentioned Mount Vesuvius because I thought you were going to mention the first date it went off. I didn't know it went off a second date. Mm, yeah. So I, I got to go Vesuvius just because he can come back and hit you again. Like yeah. Mothra, you know, he's only got one life to live, but the Vesuvius has got several, you know. He may lay dormant, you know, exactly. for, for and years. He's, and, and he's not getting hurt in the, you know, in the meantime. He's just building up strength. That's true. Where's so even Mothra's? if Mothra survives the first explosion, whichever, you know, I, don't, I don't know how many, was it like 200 B.A.D. or something, or the first 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The Pompeii one. I don't know when it was, but <sighs> yeah. yeah, I had to go with the lasting power belonging to Vesuvius. How do we not know that? That's really something that we should know. Huh. Yeah, no, it, it happened like the fir- either first century A.D. or you know. I'm so surprised that none of us could rattle that off by memory anymore. We are welcome to your 30s, Mike. I guess we're all yeah. Right you now. forget you forget vital stats like when Vesuvius first go off. It is a vital stat, right? <laughs> you know what? You get a point, okay? Because Vesuvius would definitely definitely be Mothra. So congratulations, even though that was a little yeah. rude at the end there. So well, you know. go go ahead, Mike. Oh yeah, okay. Um, this one, uh, bear with me. I'm a little rusty. Yeah. Um, this is uh, William Shatner. Oh, he's mm-hmm. good. The actor. Yeah. The actor, like like there's someone it, else. Well, like he, but he just acknowledges that as known fact. Like, oh, of course, right? Yeah, I thought you meant classical symphonic composer. Yeah. Um, no, not that one. Yeah. Uh, versus Wolverine. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Um. Is this Shatner when he's kind of like puffy and sweaty? Well, oh yeah, oh, that was my question. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with okay, Shatner as closer to the Blob from Marvel. Yeah. Okay, like, El- like his late career Elvis, late career Shatner. Yeah. So he, because he's more like the Blob now, you know, Wolverine never could really, you can never really kill the Blob with claws because he's a Blob. He just sucks in your claws. You That's know, true. You hit him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go uh, Pyrrhic victory. Oof. Uh, just because no matter how much, how many times, you know, Wolverine slashes at him, the blob just kind of absorbs it. Yeah, much like and Shatner. Would just much like Shatner. Uh, yeah. You might be able to cut off his toupee. Uh, <laughs> the pride the pride damage alone. <laughs> right, so, yeah. you know, Pyrrhic victories are victories that the outcome is not worth the victory. Yeah, the cost. You know? That's the cost what... is too high. Yeah. So I guess the I guess it's a pure victory for Wolverine insofar as you know he can't he can't be killed and William Shatner can't be cut so yeah <laughs> so okay. basically a draw I'd say nice. a draw right. nice work all right so I didn't know but maybe this this is also interesting to you Greg because I know you're a scholar of uh, World War Two try to be yeah. your grand your grandfather <laughs> I believe was a was a was a he fought there. He did. He did. So, happy Veterans Day to, to, right. to our veterans. If any veterans listen to the show, um, that was that was a couple of days ago as well. But happy Happy Veterans Day to you. So on this day, which is Mike's birthday, in 1944, the famous German battleship the Tirpitz was sunk by 32 English bombers after chasing it around for about two years. So that German battleship. Versus the paranormal romance section in my local Borders bookstore. Oh God! Yeah. Um, is the Turpitz? Does it become a ghost ship once it's died? I think the yes. <laughs> I mean, how? Yeah. How could you even? Yeah, of course it does. Yes. Is it one of those time traveling ships uh, <laughs> like the? Uh, I don't know what that American. They tried the time some kind of time travel experiment on some American vessel. Like, what powers does it get once it's killed? Uh, I mean, anything you want, but wherever you were just headed was madness. Okay. Yeah, um, so come back from that, and yeah, yeah, more of the... Oh, uh, shoot. See, the problem with the paranormal romance stuff is it has the power of screaming girls behind it. Which is power. Which is it was almost indestructible, or, you know, you just can't stop it. 
Uh, I know of no force in the universe capable of holding Right. Even a ghost ship uh, might not be able to survive. Um, yeah, I just got to say the paranormal uh, dissection is because it has the force of history behind it, you know? Yeah. No, right, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to give you that point, and I'm going to add this to the to the to sort of discussion. That mm-hmm. that section has actually like quadrupled in my local. See, exactly, it's like nanobots. It is kind of exponentially yeah, growing. Well said. I think actually it sort of feeds off of the people that read it. Right. You know, right. so the more people that are into it, and now suddenly it's it's almost a half of the upper upper deck of borders right by my house. It's terrible. Yep. I don't know what to do. I have to walk by that section every every time I want to go over to get you know a decent uh, fiction book. Maybe like a powerful electromagnetic pulse will, like. You think that'll knock it out? Yeah, at least it'll stop its growth. You know, yeah. you'll still have a large mass of crappy books to deal with, but. Very nice. So two points there, Greg. Well done, sir. Uh, Mike, you want to go ahead and, and clean it up for us with one one more from you, and I'll go ahead and clean it up one more from me. Uh, sure. Okay. You sound excited. Thank you for thank you for coming. <laughs> this is going to be great. Come back after three months. Look how excited you are! All right, um, Greg, are you ready for this? Yeah, go this ahead. One, this one's good. This one's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have used this other one, but I'm not sure. Sherlock Holmes versus <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Hadron Collider. Oh yeah. Oh. Big Bang experiment. Yeah, he did. He was used, I think, earlier, but he can come back. Um. We know they have a new BBC's come out with a new series of Sherlock Holmes stories set mm-hmm. in modern times mm-hmm. called Sherlock, and they're pretty good. I, I have enjoyed them. Um, As have I. So you inevitably you have to think that Sherlock Holmes will encounter the you know the Collider, uh, and I think so, I think someone said that uh, you know Sherlock Holmes's mind works about as fast as the. As the Hell Haldron Collider, so in a way, they're you know, I'm going to say actually the Haldron Collider actually is a personification. I mean, yes, Sherlock I see. Uh, is not a personification, personification, more of a automatization. But yes, right, like you know how you have anthropomorphism. Yeah, like this is the reverse. So if if a man could be created with the As power of the Collider, yeah, it'd be Sherlock Holmes, and which is why say- he's. You know why he's? They, they call him a high-functioning sociopath. So, yeah. you know, I don't think the collider wants to be around other people very often. He just I, wants data. I brought the collider to the the Halloween party a couple weeks right. ago. Huge, right. huge failure. Yeah, well, you know, because there's all that about you know where you kind of pompous because you create god particles and people don't like about being around people who are obviously doing better than them. So. Yeah, and the whole, yeah. I mean, are you actually going to suck me into a giant black hole? I exactly. No, I just wanted some punch. Exactly. So, um, wow. I guess I'm going to go with Sherlock Holmes because I guess he could destroy the himself. Yeah. By uh, you know, he could figure some way of destroying the because it's underground. You know, you just destroy that's a couple of supports and yeah. that's it. So yeah, even though he's killing himself, he could probably do it. It'd be considered yeah. suicide though. Really. Wow, this has turned to dark. But yeah, I don't know if I like that. But uh... I'm going to give you uh, zero points <laughs> because uh, <laughs> just because I took the the collider to the party, and I, I at first I didn't like him so much, but now I'm kind of uh, I'm now thinking you're maybe yeah, I'm thinking maybe Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we'll see. Mm, meet the uh, family. Yeah, meet. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there you go. That's that's the versus round. That's the uh, the on this day uh, versus round. And, and Mike's uh, Mike's always interesting. Uh, William Shatner when he's uh, slightly puffy and sweaty. 
Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so now we're going to switch to a segment we haven't done in a while. We're kind of returning to our roots after three months of, uh, of hiatus. And uh, let's just yeah. take a brief moment to talk about those three months. Uh, Mike Mela, of course, was on a uh, safari in the wilds of northern Africa. Uh, collecting uh, human ears as bounties um, from uh, the local uh, sort of militia men that he would hunt down. Well, mostly trying to get the women, the natives, pregnant. But, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's what that's what. <laughs> is there anything else, uh, Mike? I know that that was the first six months of the three month hiatus. So, is there anything else that you did you did during that time? Uh, the rest of it was just sort of watching TV. Okay. Cool. So, in between hunting down man for poaching, or <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And, and Greg, Sorry, of course, was, uh, <laughs> Greg, of course, was busy during this time building a, a robot of himself uh, to send to the future to talk to his future self and then actually to build another robot to send back and report the findings. Right. And that was the first eight months of his three-month hiatus. Did you do anything else during that time, Greg? Or? Well, I, somehow I'm, we're, we're collapsing months into months. Exactly, yeah. So you said eight months of the three-month period. So exactly, yep. I've also somehow figured out how to make a quantum time mm-hmm. compartment. So uh, you so know, I might busy. Huh? So you've been busy, is what you're doing, right? Well, yeah. once you have a, a cybernetic brain, you can do a lot. That's mm. kind of the beauty of it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, well, wait a minute. Which one? Or which Greg are we talking to then? Yeah, are we are we just the robot one from the future that built the other one and sent I him think, back? Yes, because you don't I even eventually, know huh? You don't even know. That's yeah, would we even know? Yeah. yeah, there's so many iterations now that it's almost impossible. Like viruses, you know, they, they reproduce so quickly. True. Computer True. programs usually kill the, you know, you kill the weaker virus. And Can you will... tell me, do we have hoverboards yet? Uh, only dogs do. God. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it became kind of a big thing for dogs to... And- yeah, and you know what? I actually knew I knew that, that was going to be the answer when I asked the question, but I did it anyway. So, see exactly, you're stuck in the loop. You can't get out. I can't, I can't. Yeah, I can't escape. All right, so we're gonna. So that's what we did during our hiatus. If anybody, golf guy, I know you were interested. Um, and uh, I've just been sort of sitting in the dark, kind of uh, weeping. So uh, we're gonna go to an old segment we used to do. Uh, it's called uh, "I'm Walking Here." Although he's not in Brooklyn anymore, so it's it's uh, I'm walking y'all over on this here sidewalk, <laughs> uh, dirt road or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking more of yeah, it's kind of dirt back street. But all right, Michael, take it away, buddy. All right, thanks. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yes. been a lot. I have so many great stories for you all, but um, <laughs> for y'all, <laughs> your adventures in Texas. Uh, but um, the yeah. one I want to relate to you tonight, it's a little. How shall we say? It's PG-13, mm. at least, um, yeah. and for bodily fluids. So yeah, I don't know if I want to wait. Yeah, I thought you know I would think I would think this kind of story would be in New York, but I'm I'm kind of surprised it's in, in yeah. Texas. This happened here in Texas. Yeah, well, go ahead. No, this is me. So um, <laughs> that was an answer. Yeah, that was that, that, was, that was, was not an answer. Get <laughs> <laughs> used right. to it, folks. Let <laughs> <laughs> me leave me. This is all true. So I was, so you know, Greg and I share an apartment. Um, That's true, you do. Yeah. For various reasons, you know, I, I have to get up early in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, Gregory stays up very late at night usually these days. Mm-hmm. And um, this happened a few weeks ago. I wake up. It's two or three in the morning. Don't know why I wake up, but I have to uh, relieve myself in the restroom. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with all eight of our listeners. We'll go right. ahead. And I get up. This is, is going to hook in like another eight listeners. So they're going to tell their friends like So I wake up. Of the show. Yeah. It, no, our fans ask me all the time, Mike. What are you, what do you like? Like, what do you do at night? Yeah. The, the kind of stuff that happens. Okay. Go ahead. So I get up. I'm walking towards the bathroom. Greg Wolf is in there at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. He's just up. He's up. He's a night owl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wait like a minute, but I really, really have to go. Sure, yeah. So I'm starting to panic because I'm like, I got to get to bed, but I got to pee really badly. Yeah. We've all been there, you know. No, yeah, uh, sure, yeah. So I think, okay, uh, I'm going to pee in a cup. Oh, God. Uh, because I have to go so badly because Greg is still in the bathroom, not coming out. Sure. Um, Did you knock on the door? I, that didn't, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I might have been just like brushing my teeth or something, you know. It could have been. Oh, I'm not suggesting. Yeah. You, just, wait, wait, no. But you didn't think just to knock on the door and ask him? Like, please hurry up. No, yeah. I had to go unsanitary I think immediately. I didn't want to. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It, it hadn't occurred to me. Wait, so you would. Let me just get this straight. You would rather pee in a cup than knock on the door to ask Greg to hurry up? Uh, I guess I was tired. I didn't know. You know, I I, I, I was tired. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. My brain wasn't working so well, so I went to the kitchen. Yeah, sure. Where else? Sat on this plan. I was like, okay, I have to find a cup thing to pee into. <laughs> and uh, this is gonna gross Greg out. Um, <laughs> so I looked for. Some, I was like, okay, what can I use? And I found it. I figured, okay, coffee mug. None of us uses the coffee mug. <laughs> God. Uh, and I yeah. can't. There was one in the cabinet that had a broken handle. I was like, oh, perfect. We're not going to need this. Uh, just gonna, I'll just, I can just throw this. Because I thought to myself, uh, I will just throw it out afterwards. You know, who, No one's going to want to use it after I pee into it. Because um, even if you run it through the dishwasher, I still wouldn't want to use it. You know, it's kind of- <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, good point. Um, so I bring it back to my bedroom. Um, not to get too graphic, yeah. but um, I did relieve myself into the coffee mug. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the crazy part, folks. And, Greg, if this gets too gross, we can cut it out. Yeah. But it almost wasn't big enough <laughs> for my teeth. In other words, there was so much water inside my body that it almost was going to overflow the coffee mug. I don't even... I... And so here it's 3 in the morning. I've got my pants down <laughs> to my ankles in my dark bedroom peeing <laughs> into a coffee mug, a broken coffee mug. And I'm starting to think, uh-oh, what do I do when it starts overflowing? You're not just going to stop and, like, set the mug down. No, of course not, yeah. Um, and the ironic part, though, folks, well, maybe this is really an irony, as soon as I finished peeing into the coffee mug, mm-hmm. Greg comes out of the bathroom, and I was like, damn it, Greg Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Can I just add something else, though? I, I know. I like how this is my fault, by the way. Yeah. I just want to let you guys know a little pet peeve of mine. And this is related to this uh, story. Okay. Um, people who use cell phones in rest- the bathroom. Yeah. Um, there's a, some for some reason people where I work, there will be grown men going to the urinal, and they have a cell phone in one hand while they're peeing. Yeah. Yeah. And men around them are also peeing. Um, I also, I work in an office where this happens as well, quite frequently. Is this acceptable now in public? This is very strange. I've never heard of this. 
So just recently, I've seen guys doing this. I'm like, I, I would never think that's acceptable. Yeah, well, Ever. I mean, I think as long as you're holding them in different hands, you're okay. <laughs> if you're, if you're kind of like, you See, know, but again, like, why risk dropping it into the urinal, though? True. Like, True. Are, are people that starved for, for something to do? Yes, they are. It would just be embarrassing. Like, I mean, in Chicago for a while, you know, it was like you'd go to the restroom and there'd be like a small television, about, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, really? For the 37 seconds I'm oh, going to yeah. <laughs> I need to watch, you know, uh, oh, yeah, Chuck, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't that's, understand it. Well, so, Mike, during the time of you peeing in this coffee mug and, and that scary moment when you thought maybe it would overflow, um, on the sad meter, where are we? One one to ten. <laughs> ten being. Ten, uh, ten being. My God, what what has happened to me? I'm thirty and I'm peeing in a coffee cup. Ah, uh, you know that's pretty typical. Uh, it's probably like a seven. Okay, sweet. All right, so we're gonna end up the old the old the first uh, season. Is this our second <laughs> season premiere episode or the end of the first? What are what is this? I think I, think I think should just... call this the first of episode of season two, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you... well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, welcome to the premiere. I'm glad we got that out of the way 30 minutes. We have a little meeting show. right now, halfway through the show. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. just listened to the end of season one, and yeah. we don't want we don't want to cliffhanger you. Right. You know, we don't want to give you give six months off for you to wonder if you know, like, because Greg got shot, and is he going to die or live? Right. right. You know, we don't want to do that. So welcome to episode 31 uh, of Fourth Time Around, which is uh, season two, episode one. Right. Mike Mail, how are you, buddy? Good. Good. Happy birthday, Greg. How are you doing? Good, good. All right, we're going to finish the premiere episode of season two with uh, Greg in the future. Now, for those who are playing the, uh, the home and dice game, this is where Greg just tells us about a kind of story he's been reading about or an interesting factoid that he got on some geek site. And uh, I say that with reverence and affection. Um, and he just tells us about it, and we uh, we generally just uh, look at him like he's kind of crazy. So go right, ahead, right. Greg. Uh, this is actually twofold. Uh, you know, we talked about Japan earlier, and uh, I have a story out of Japan, two stories that, you know, they just have this, this fascination with uh, artificial intelligence, artificial people. Mm-hmm. And they they made a uh, a robot that can dance to a song. I saw this. And they've they premiered it at uh, some Tokyo Digital Expo, and it took them like like three years to program it to do this one song. And it has like thirty oh. motors, and you know, and, and the, the best part is it has dancers behind it, like dancing with it. Mm. And, and it'd be one thing if like they made the whole thing look human, but only ha- it has like a human-looking head and human-looking arms, but it has like robot legs. Hmm. So it's really disturbing, and yet people in Japan love it all of a sudden. I don't, I, you know, and, they, and of course, it, they say the robot is between 1929 and she's Japanese. Like that, like, there's, like they're already imbuing our robots with racism. I find that odd. Huh. That, why can't it just be a robot? But no, it's a Japanese robot. Uh, I see. As, oppo- as opposed yeah. to, you know, a Chinese robot or, Amer- you know what I'm saying? Like, why can't it just be a robot? Why do we got to already... Divide our robots, you know. That's wow! You are a, you are a progressive thinker, my friend. Oh, I'm just saying, you know, because you don't have stereotypes in the future, like oh well, you know, Japanese robots are better dancers than American robots. You know, we can't hang out with them. <laughs> like, I'd like I'm, to I'd like to point out that on this day in 2010, Greg foresaw 
the robot race war. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. So thank Which, you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... So you have that you have that dancing robot. Hey, maybe it's like opposite though. Maybe like Asian robots are really good drivers. <laughs> like they they're able to reverse like uh, all the problems that their races really do have. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's like an affirmative action. So you build robots. Yeah, that I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait to get that cut out of the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be easy to do. Yeah, yeah that's basically. a quick snip. Let's um, put a timestamp at thirty eight oh eight. Racism. Oh my gosh! Gone. It's funny. It's... <laughs> so what's the second part, though? Other than the uh, creepy dancing robot, which is notoriously creepy, what else we got? Okay, well, the other creepy side of this. So this was just seen by a select few people, and it's on YouTube. But then this company created this hologram of of a female artist singing, and it's like she's backed up by a live band, but. It's like she has a full tour, and like thousands of people are coming to see this like cartoon on the stage. Like, oh, I see, huh? Uh, it, it, so someone actually just came up with the idea. Okay, let's just have a cartoon, and people will come and listen to the. Like, I, I, what's the attraction? I guess is my question. Why? I mean, the the fact that it's a hologram. So what? At what point does that get old? I guess. Sure. Yeah. Like I. Like, would you go to a holographic show of a current, like, Bob Dylan? You know what I'm saying? Like, would you? No. It's still a cover band, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, but it's even weirder, I think, than that. But, yeah. Right. Actually, it may be less weird because at least the, the, the hologram is not wasting its life. <laughs> right. But, it, but all that hologram does is do that gig. Exactly. So. Whereas the cover band is most assuredly doing that. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what the reason would be. I mean, are, are these both, is that also in Japan? Yes. Where else? Yeah, I, but yes. I knew it. I knew it. See, this is the problem. See, the Japanese are doing all this crazy stuff. Um, I don't know what's going on over there, but they're they're, they're kind of nuts, though. I, I guess, Mike. Like, I don't mean to interrupt your insane ramblings, Mike, because I, I definitely want to get those down so I can give them to a professional later on. Right. Greg, do you think that maybe this is just a cover for the actual secret military robots they've been building? Um, you know, it's like every yeah, three years, see, they're like, hey, look, here's the dancing robot. This is all we've been up to. We've been making this robot dance. It's, it took a long time. Right. It's only a couple of steps from this thing can move across the battlefield in X amount of seconds, get exactly. behind cover. Take out a sniper, yeah. you know, or, or even it. even send it back in time Same to like first. 1988, right? You know, and kill the original dancing robot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was thinking more of doing battle with the robot that you sent into the future to meet the future Greg to tell you about the future Greg. Right. Um, that's also very possible. Yeah, the Japanese, uh, their fascination with robots and fake people. I think they do it without fear too. Like that's true. They have no, no concept of perhaps this might not be a good idea because this is a good time to just we are talking in generalities, of course, naturally. Right. Oh yeah, no, there's some. Yeah, we're not talking about all Japanese people. No, are all robots that do or do not dance? Right. We don't make make any judgments. If you're a robot and you don't want to dance, you don't have to. Right. Now the Japanese, though, as a culture, do seem to like, like they do have this fascination with. Um, artificial life. True. Which I don't get. So it, it, it's like, why would you want to see a, um, a robot dancer? 
In other words, the fact that the appeal is it looks like a real dancer or a real singer. She sounds like a real singer, but um, hello, you can turn on, you know, see any person sing anytime you want. I don't know. Uh, it, it just seems like, like it's, they it's don't. Just... They can't appreciate reality. I think is the problem with the Japanese. <laughs> and, well, uh, it's but there's this pursuit. You can yeah, no, no, I will. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But it's like this pursuit of perfection, right? This, you know, you have to. That's an interesting perfect, turn on it. Yeah, the perfect body. The yeah, like you know, even the samurai, they wanted to be perfect, and they would practice over and over to you know. Another great Tom Cruise movie, The Last Samurai. So uh, he's in every. If you're just talking about movies, he's going to pop up everywhere. Tom Cruise. Right. <laughs> he actually might be a robot too. But yeah, uh, he is. Uh, I think he is a Japanese sense. robot. So. Yeah. Well, the Scientologists, they know what's up. They, they'll mm. they, they want perpetual Tom Cruise in every every. Well, episode. here's the other thing too, Greg. They can't have a standing army, right? The Japanese isn't that one of their. Um, That's correct. Rules? Aren't they, like, yeah, that says nothing about a standing robot army. That's true. That, that's what I was that's, trying to yeah. That's why I'm worried now. That's why I'm worried because you're right. That would be the only real practical reason to have these That's robots. what I was thinking, yeah. They're, they, see, they're, they're fooling all of us thinking they're making dancers. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, too. They're going to really freak. It's going to be some good psych warfare seeing these, like, female anime girls coming at you with, you know, machine guns in their arms. That's you know scary, I mean? yeah. Well, you have just told me is the stuff of nightmares. Well, it should haunt you, and this should be a, a, yeah. a bit of a um, H.G. Wells moment, I think. Well, I mean, let's just ask you, Mike, let's just ask yourself honestly. If you could build a robot of yourself, right. all right, to send to the future to talk to your future Mike and come back when you were 30, would would you do that? Um, uh, if I could, would I warn myself? Um, I don't think it would do any good because I would know me as I am now. I'd be second-guessing. What even what the robot told you? Yeah, so I'd be wondering if um, number one, if it really was me from the future. I see. Yeah, and um, if the choices that I in the future thought would have helped me really would have helped me. I mean, the only practical application I can see for this, for me anyway, is if I could just build a robot that would occasionally go to work so I could sleep in. <laughs> yes. You know, Why not all the time. I'm not talking about using it repeatedly, but just on those days when it's a really nice outside. You know, that really that raises a really interesting question, though. Could we just have robots that do our work and we could sit at home all day? Um, uh, and then you get the paycheck. Yeah, that's, I don't know. No, but presumably, if they're smart enough to do our work, why they would have the same attitude towards it, it that we would? Really, okay? Yeah. Like, well, why am I doing yeah. this for this filthy human? Presumably, yeah. So maybe the whole. Uh, rising the machines is just they're pissed off about doing our work for us. About doing, yeah, well, just like, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I mean, who really wants to be, you know, at a telecenter for eight hours? Yeah, yeah, who wants to work in a cubicle for... Calling other robots who take care of your business. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. They are getting smarter, though. They're teaching one of them English, I heard, too. Yeah, it's learning English by trial and error. That's true, yeah. That's, Which, uh, frankly, is scary because the first... I mean, if you can, language is the key of learning. So, and thought. So you, you get you get something thinking in a language. You know, got such a problem there, but you know. Yeah, I think it's trying to get the the computer to bridge the middle ground that humans do so well, and that's when it's not either A or B, but something in the middle. You know, kind of an adaptive intelligence that computers uh, don't possess yet. 
Mm-hmm. Right, and that's when it starts stabbing us in the face. That's true. <laughs> in the instant it does start to develop that sort of adaptive. That's when it sticks a blunt object between our left and right eye. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah kind of go with that, mostly because they have <laughs> thumbs. Um, but they could, they, yeah. I mean, if you open, you know, who knows? Who knows? So, right. all right. Well, thanks for the Greg of the future. This is it's scary. We've just prophesied a, a, a violent robot race war, a uh, mm-hmm. possibility of a dancing anime robot coming out across you from a battlefield. Right. Um, NPR, we are not. No. Uh, so, so take it, take it or leave it. But thank you for Greg in the future. So that wraps up both the last episode of season one, the first episode of season two. How does everybody feel, Greg? You still in for some more of these, or what's going on? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, hit it. Yeah, it felt kind of a little rusty, I think, but I think we'll be back on it next week, right, guys? Yeah, sure. We can. Oh, we can uh, give this a regular whirl. Yeah, exactly. Mike, Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Does it feel I, better I doing be it as a 30-year-old, or was it easy? Um, it does feel a little weird. I keep thinking to myself, what would a, th- would a 30-year-old be recording a podcast like this? Yeah, of course. But he is, because I am. Yeah, exactly. And it's the only time I that I... the same. I've been the same since, like, since I've been an adult, since 18. I've really thought and looked this, exactly the same. That's mm, terrifying, and I'm sorry. Now, when I pop this shirt off, do I look the same? Um, no. Uh, yeah. When I was eight, I'm I sure was more like we sh- I don't know. Yeah, I, I like really how. Thank you, thank you for leaving our listeners with that image. Just right. let's, let's just have a moment of silence, for Michael. Michael Mail on his thirtieth birthday. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to uh, episode thirty-one of Four Time Around. I, as always, am your co-host Ross Olsaver. To my left, I got Michael Mail, the newly thirty turned. How are you, buddy? That's right. All right, and to my right, Gregory Clyde Wolf II. We will be back next week with new segments, new episodes, all season long. We are now sponsored, of course, by BP, a new friendlier, gentler, more environmentally conscious BP. Amen. None of you guys asked uh, what happened. What did I, none of you guys were curious what I did with the coffee mug after I peed into it. <laughs> That's true. What did you do with the coffee mug after you peed in it? Uh, I, uh, I put it in Greg's bed. <laughs> I was hoping it was just a lie, but the whole thing was just a made-up story. No, I'm sorry. It is gross, but no, it's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than it's true. It's, better. It, it's, it's all too real, yeah. But what did you do with the cup, really? Oh, I, 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 walked, uh, I walked back to the kitchen and dumped yeah. it down. How, okay, so now that now this is off the record, how close were you to actually overflowing that cup? It was as close. It really was um, within, like, you know, less than half an inch, I think. So are you walking back to the kitchen very slowly? Very slowly, yeah. <laughs> You're very right, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to leave it in my room. That'd be disgusting. That would smell. That'd be disgusting. That would be really gross. But being, being in a cup is fine. But, but it's it. funny, you don't know how much your body, like how much liquid your bladder holds until you're actually like, measuring it in a container. You know? Well, why didn't you just pee into the toilet? Why the sink? Yeah.
Because you were, oh yeah, I guess you were out of the bullpen. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I'm at with Greg too. Like, I think I, yeah, I don't really know. You know, I was, it was early in the. I don't really know. I don't know why it's good question, Greg. I have no way to answer you. Yeah, it's like my 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 defense is yours as well. You know, it's like oh, there we are. And um, you're at an impasse. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, another weird fact about him. I mean, he's like Arrested Development, you know, he's... Yeah, like maybe. Mike's whole life. Maybe, yes. Yeah. Wait, what? Pick up your feet.